Welcome to the Finding Strong podcast with your host, Pat Gates and Mark Bottenhorn. We're coming to you from the heart of the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. We are on a mission to push the limits and find strength through endurance, mindset, and fitness. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Gates, along here with Mark Bottenhorn. What's going on, everyone? Mark, how's uh, how's your week been, brother? Uh, it's going well. Just putting the final touches on uh, this race, you know, getting ready for this race this weekend. No big deal. Just get out there and run for fun. They've been absolutely swamped in, in water, as have we, so it's going to be a muddy course out there. Yeah, it should be fun, though. should be fun. Uh, today, we got a a super, super high-caliber athlete on, uh, Matt Daniels. So if uh, yep. Mark, you know, wants to kind of go over his little background a little bit. Yeah, so Matt has an impressive resume. Um, you know, starting in, in high school, I mean, he earned a bunch of accolades. But moving past that, he was a 12-time All-American in college. Um, he's a 359-mile personal best, uh, 1350 in the 5K, 63 minutes and some change in the half marathon, I believe. He's a 2016 Olympic trials uh, marathon qualifier and ran the Olympic trials marathon there. Um, he's also ran for the world or for USA in the world mountain running championships three times, including a gold medal in 2016. Uh, they won the team gold medal, which is the first one in history for them is really impressive. Uh, this year he's ran the eighth fastest hundred K in North America at black Canyon. Uh, and he won the race. I mean, absolutely crushed it and won a golden ticket into Western States where he'll be lining up next week. Uh, Western States is the, in my opinion, the most prestigious hundred mile race in the world. And he'll be lining up at that. And as he does it, uh, he'll be the fastest person to ever line up at that race. That's just had an amazing pedigree of, of winners, um, with his sub four minute mile, which is insane. Um, he is also a proud husband of Lauren, the real estate mogul. And, uh, He's a dog dad. He's also the coach at Matt Daniels Run Club, and he happens to coach me. Wow. So, yeah. So, and just paraphrasing, he's fast as shit. Yeah. He's fast. He's a great runner, and he's, like, probably one of the most humble people I've ever met in my life. No joke. No lie. Like, we always have to say nice stuff about people that come on here, but he is truly next level when it comes to nice. And I can vouch that he's a fantastic coach. I'm not sure if he has openings. Uh, but it's always good to reach out to him uh, if you want to. It's Matt Daniels 480 on Instagram, or uh, just Google Matt Daniels Run Club, and his website will come up. We'll also put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really excited to see what he has to say. You know, yeah, someone who's like kind of like a novice runner, just to kind of get his insight on how to kind of take running to the next level. Oh, definitely. And he has a beautiful story too. Um, sometimes when we think of these like really high level, high caliber athletes, we just think of this linear path to get where they're at now. Um, but I know he's told me before early on, you know, uh, in getting into college, he struggled uh, with things in college running, uh, transferred around, moved around, lived on people's couches for a while. And I know that, you know, his move into ultra running didn't go as smoothly as, as you would have thought at first, but, he didn't give up. He stayed with it, and now he's, in my opinion, uh, I'd have to say one of the top 
three or five ultra runners, in my opinion, in, in the world right now. I mean, he's fantastic. So it's, it's a really interesting story that I think all the listeners are going to benefit from tremendously. Um, and, and I can't wait till everybody else hears it. And I have some questions of my own too. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm super excited to talk to him and see what he's got to say. Uh, I know that you that you really look up to him, and I know that uh, he's going to answer a lot of my questions. Uh, I know that with this injury right now, so he might want to kind of get through that injury, and then after that, kind of take what he says to heart and go after it. Pedal to the metal. Yeah, I mean, he's been huge for me. Just, I mean, he's helped foster some confidence in me, and I've not always been really confident in uh, he's just really believed in me from day one. So, like, even that alone, aside from his coaching, which is fantastic, it's been, like, just the kind of person he is. He's the kind of person that you want to surround yourself with because he's the type of person that just lifts everybody up around him. And I, I can't believe uh, somebody that's so accomplished in the sport and, and uh, you know, coming from the background that he came from, you know, you could see, like, if somebody were, were kind of arrogant or about themselves, he's the complete opposite, and you will see that, I mean. It's going to be great. That's great. Yeah, I'm super excited. So let's bring on Matt. Sounds good. All right. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast. Your host, Pat Gates, here with Mark Bottenhorn. What's going on? Sitting here with uh, Matt Daniels on the phone. So how's it going, hey. Matt? That's good. How are you guys? Pretty good. You know, just got done icing my foot. I got my foot up, just kind of chilling. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so Matt is somebody who doesn't need any introduction at all. And uh, I also we also just did the introduction, so there's that. So no reason to do it now again. Um, but Matt, that's pretty impressive. Uh, pretty impressive resume you have here. Not going to lie. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, so... You want to give us a little bit of a background? I mean, you were a standout high school runner, right? And you had your choice of pretty much any powerhouse school you wanted to go to. Uh, you want to take us through there? Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, it kind of all started. I started running like summer track at the age of 11, 12 years old. And uh, that kind of kick-started my, um, my love for running. And from there, kind of just took it into high school. And yeah, like you said, I had a pretty um, successful high school career and um, – you know, running the mile and the two mile on the track and then in cross country as well. And, um, you know, coming from a bigger state like Texas, it seems like, uh, you know, you always have, have the eyes of a couple of different colleges on you when you're competitive in a big state like that. And so I was pretty fortunate enough to have, have my pick between a couple of different schools. And um, when it was all said and done, I ended up choosing Oklahoma right out of high school. So, yeah, it's where I got my uh, collegiate start. <laughs> okay. And I was, I was, I talked about this on the intro, but I think when you look at highly accomplished athletes, it's natural to think that they just took a linear path to get where they are at. Mm-hmm. Um, but you struggled with, with some things in that time, right? I mean, you went through a little bit of hardship at Oklahoma and it didn't pan out exactly how you thought it would. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. You see this a lot with, um, a lot of different, uh, people in the collegiate system, uh, coming right out of high school, you're, you're 18 years old and that's a big decision to make where you're going to spend the next four or five years of your life. And, uh, I kind of rushed the decision a little bit. I was more focused on, you know, type the amount of money I was getting for scholarship and, and that sort of thing. And, um, anyways, I ended up, yeah, at Oklahoma and it, it just, uh, it wasn't a right fit for me. I was there for all of one semester and, um, 
decided to kind of um, to leave there and, and try out uh, going to a different school. And so uh, the plan was to run at the University of Arkansas and a couple of things didn't work out with that, um, getting released and um, yeah, and getting into classes and things like that. And so from there, I just bummed around on, on some friends' couches and did a lot of training on my own. And um, yeah, I was trying to see where running was taking me and it was at the time taking me nowhere. <laughs> I was uh, struggling with lots of injuries and didn't really have any guidance or anything like that. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, maybe about two and a half years of that and then uh, decided to, to get it together and to join the, the Navy and didn't run for about two years while I was in the Navy. So um, yeah, it's never, <laughs> never linear. Like you said, it was kind of all over the place for a few years before I, I kind of found a home uh, when I went back to school at Adams State and uh, been running strong since then. That was in 2011. So nice. Okay. So, so during that time at, at Arkansas, you weren't like running on the collegiate team, just doing your own right. Thing? Okay. Yeah, just doing my own thing. Um, There's, you know, trying not to break NCAA rules and that sort of thing. So I, I could run with the guys on the team on, on the weekends when they didn't have organized practice or something like that. But yeah, for the most part, I was just living out there, hanging out with some of my good friends and uh, training really hard. <laughs> Matt, so I understand at, at one point, didn't you, didn't you start smoking and just drinking? And all yeah, that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, my time in the Navy, I was, uh, I, I had got up to about two, two and a half packs a day um, smoking. And then I was, you know, drinking like a fish every, every port we'd stop into. It was more um, a drinking festival than it was anything else. And so yeah, it was a hard habit to break, especially when I had uh, signed with Adam State and started, you know, started running again collegiately. Um, it took a took a few months to get um, to you know to quit quit the drinking and the smoking. So, 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 what made you want to stop all that to go and get back into running? Yeah, so I I was seeing a um, I was seeing like a, a psychiatrist when I got out of the Navy for some some things that had happened while I was in and. The doctor had suggested, you know, I, you know, I wasn't sleeping at all. I was having a hard time with my appetite and things like that. And so the doctor had suggested to find uh, find a hobby that's like something to do with exercise or something like that's going to kind of tire me out, but also give me some drive. And so he asked, you know, do, do you lift weights ever? And I think he had the answer when he looked at me and saw how skinny I was. But then uh, he's like, what about running? Do you run? And I was like, yeah, I used to run um, quite a bit. And I was really competitive and I loved it. And he's like, well, why don't you just pick that up again and um, start running and, and kind of, you know, see how you're feeling and see where, where you go from there. And um, yeah, once, once I started running, I wouldn't, but a week and a half later, I just fell back in love with it and started seeing fitness come back super quick. And um, yeah, it was really easy to, to want to stop all the uh, bad habits in order to kind of be healthy and see where my running could go again. I got excited for that. And that also kind of gave me the idea to, to go back to school. So. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that part of the story always excites me so much because I think there are so many people who have either gotten out of shape or, you know, struggling with their own things, and it can seem like getting back to where they were like the odds just seem insurmountable at times. Right. But I mean, you went from being a, a really good high school prospect to being kind of down in the down in the dumps a little bit to going on to be a twelve-time All-American and a sub four minutes in the mile. So like when, when people see that for me, it's like, that's such a source of inspiration. And I know that people are going to draw from that. So I, I, I always want people to hear that. Yeah. I appreciate it. You know, at the end of the day, that's kind of uh, like, you know, we, we all get into these sports for, for ourselves and to find enjoyment and fulfillment out of it. But um, you know, if there's anything I could, 
I could ever do to inspire people. That's, uh, that's always my main driving force. And um, I appreciate it. It's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like, there's never like, like Mark said, there's never a linear line. There's so many different things that athletes and people go through that you just see the results at the end, but it's like the, the process that, that, that really what makes a story great. Right. And that's, you know, that's something that's interesting. Just, you know, every single athlete, no matter what level has, has that um that background and that backstory and uh you know that's that's what's so podcast or just you know getting to know somebody and getting to know their story and um it allows i think more people that are getting into the sport and having having struggles at the beginning to kind of uh realize like okay this isn't just going to be something that happens overnight you know if this person went through this then likelihood is i'm gonna have to go through some stuff before i start having some success too and i think that's that's really important for people to realize Definitely. I mean, I think of it like two ways. Wouldn't that one be really boring if everybody's life was just all success? I feel like I just wouldn't be hungry and I wouldn't be tired. I mean, I would just be tired of it. And yeah, um, yeah you just like probably wouldn't try as hard either. Yeah, without a doubt. And then number two is that um, like most people aren't going to run a 359 mile or, or go to the Olympic trials or run for the USA uh, Mountain Running Championship, something like that. But it's all relative. So no matter what heights you excel to, that's just relative to the person. But the, the journey and the process, I think, is what you can really find community in. And that's, yes, exactly. that's so exciting. And you're super relatable. When you, when you look at other, like, professional athletes, they don't always seem as relatable, even though they, they probably are. But, like, your story is just kind of out in the open now, the more podcasts you do and as you kind of grow in popularity. And I think that's so awesome because so many people can connect to it. So it's really great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> So uh, you have the the Leadville, uh, what next week? Um, Western States one hundred coming States, up next sorry. week. Yeah, yep, yeah. So um, yeah, I've been putting in a big big training block for that, and um, finally in in taper mode, and so just sitting around going stir crazy at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel you there. Matt, are you are you at all pissed off that he just called that Leadville? I mean, <laughs> that's like the most prestigious race, the most prestigious <laughs> race in the world. No, I, I was sitting here biting my lip, but um, I'm not. I'm not upset at it at all. It's okay. You can, be mad. You can be mad at me, dude. I'm, I apologize. No. You can be mad. If you no, know. it's cool. I, I, it's, it's easy to, um, to get some of these big hundred mile races mixed up, especially you know, it's, it's still a relatively uh, new sport too, and so plenty of people do all the time. <laughs> so speaking of the prestige and everything like that uh, of Western states, um, <laughs> rumor has it you're the you're the fastest person to ever line up at the race is this true can you confirm this <laughs> i don't you know i guess uh it depends on what metric they're going off of but uh if they're talking about mile time supposedly i am the first uh sub four minute miler to 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 the line um now actually i think that may be a mistake because um kyle Pitari uh, ran sub four minute mile but it was um it was like a really steep downhill mile um but nonetheless he covered the distance in sub four minute sub four minutes so uh doesn't count we're talking if we're talking track times or you know that sort of thing then then yeah i i guess i would be (laughs) okay i don't count i don't count the downhill mile not not taking anything away from him he's a great runner but i only count downhill stuff for my own personal records i don't (laughs) uh yeah fair enough yeah i guess if we're counting downhill miles i i'd run uh 353 on a downhill so wow I, i got him there too so i guess I would be the fastest person uh, towing the line if, if that's the case. 
my legs would break off if I tried to run 353 pace for anything more than like 50 meters. That's scary. Yeah, what's sad is that's that's the high school record for the mile. That's what's crazy. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. <laughs> You're supposed to be motivating us, not discouraging us. <laughs> uh, um, so another another thing. So now, now you've had this success and even when switching over to ultra running, you didn't have success. And you, you know, like initially, like I know in, was it 2017? You had, uh, you had a medical drop from the world Mount running championships. Yes. Yeah, that was, well, I, I finished the race. Uh, it wasn't pretty. Um, I, I think our, our entire women's team beat me as well. So, uh, yeah, I was able to finish, I think a 30 K race in like six hours. It was, was terrible, but, uh, and then from there I went over and, um, had some, had some trouble with uh, some of the longer European mountain races and it just wasn't my year. I think I, I also did Leadville that fall and that was my first um, like 50 miler attempt or not Leadville. Sorry. Uh, TNF. See, here we go. Something about yeah, so you're mixing them up too, man. You're up, mixing up too. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the North face 50 miler. And uh, I ended up dropping out of that one at, I think about 36 miles, just lack of experience and uh, had some nutrition problems and pacing issues and things like that. So yeah, it, it took a while, you know, it, um, it's not, uh, the thing about ultra running is it's not always the fittest person that that's winning these races. It's, there's a lot of other things you have to, um, prepare for and be ready for a lot of other factors and elements. And, um, yeah, you can't just go out and say, okay, I know I'm, I'm really fit. You know, they've got to be, got to be ready for a lot of other things. So I think that's what I've learned most over the last uh, two or three years and kind of, it's finally all coming together. So, Yeah. So even earlier this year, you were potentially shooting for a golden ticket, right, at, at Bandera, and you, and you hit your head. I did, it, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was, a, that was a real bummer because I was having a really, really good race, too. I had um, I'd just taken the lead from, from Tyler Green at the 50K point, and uh, I think I was able to put about two or three minutes on him um, over the next five miles, and then that's right, right around when I hit my head. And so, um, yeah, that was really – it was disappointing but it's also kind of a, a funny story to tell because it's like no, who's gonna believe that you got a concussion in an ultra marathon like <laughs> um so yeah left left there um thinking okay what what can i do next like the whole the no the point was never to get a golden ticket it was to complete my first 100k this year and have a good experience so so maybe next year i could go after a golden ticket um but yeah went out to black canyons and was finally able to get one <laughs> So how cool. how did you get a concussion ultra running? Yeah, um, so I guess it'd be hard to to explain it without kind of seeing the trail. But they had to, to do a total course reroute um, at Bandera this year because of, I guess, some flooding or something. And so we we went to a whole new location. And this location we had a lot of out and back portions of the course on a real narrow, tight single track. And um, I was coming down a really steep technical hill, and another lady was coming up that same hill um and it was pretty steep so she was hiking and i was of course bombing down it really fast and we just didn't see each other until the last minute and i kind of veered off to the embankment of the trail to, to go around to keep from hitting her and i just knocked my head on a um it wasn't a low-hanging branch but it was a, an actual tree that was growing out of the embankment and, um just the the trunk of the tree just knocked me out <laughs> and Jeez. you know what was bad about that was the first loop the first time we went around that area uh, Chris Mako pointed the tree out to me and told me like, you know, or told the whole field, he's like, watch out tall boys. Like you're going to have to duck, you know, for this tree the next time around. And, you know, <laughs> of course, uh, that's the one place I, uh, 
I hit my head, so. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I noticed uh, right. just like before this, you said you had like some nutrition and some other like other problems. Mm-hmm. Um, what are like for someone who's like you know some like beginner running or beginner runners or like novice runners? What are some things that you did to kind of get over those humps with like nutrition and other stuff? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing with nutrition is first of all finding something you like, and I mean some of these products don't necessarily set, settle the best with um, everybody's stomach and taste the best, and so just testing out a couple of different products, finding something you really like the consistency of the, the taste of, and you got to think, okay, am I going to like this for five, six, seven, eight hours, you know? Um, and then once you find something that, that works well for you to train the stomach, you're just going to have to keep doing it, um, in training runs. So I like, um, I'm a coach as well. And I have a lot of my athletes on, on some Sunday long runs every other week, um, to really practice fueling. And I tell them sometimes like fuel more than, um, than you would in a race like let's you know let's really feed feed your stomach a lot of this this gunk because uh, it needs to learn how to process it and be okay for for race situations and so a lot of it's just yeah ton of taking in tons of goose or food or whatever it is that you're going to race and kind of building that iron gut um, and then and then also as you get closer to race dialing it in to taking it kind of more along the lines of you know how you would in a race so maybe every 45 minutes or every hour you know depending on the the product you use so i think um yeah a lot of it's just trial and error and repetitiveness you gotta you gotta just feed yourself full of it even if you don't want it (laughs) oh for sure that's great advice so how is how's coaching going for you you have quite the team i do yeah it's, it's going great um this summer especially has been really really cool um to see every seems like just about every athlete is um, grabbing a PR or winning a race or an age group award, or if not out there having a really good time, you know, I, you get athletes all the time that come to you because they've kind of lost the enjoyment for the sport and they want to um, find that again and just enjoy the process and running and not necessarily have any time goals. And um, to me, you know, seeing athletes happy when they finish a race is more uh, rewarding than seeing somebody grab a, you know, five or six minute PR in a marathon or something like that. But, uh, yeah, this year's it's been really good. People are running awesome, and uh, we're having a good time with uh, with the run team. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I heard. Uh, I heard. I heard you. Your coach. Uh, you're coaching Mark. <laughs> I am, or uh, so, I guess we we were. <laughs> I work, we're we're kind of okay. working together still, uh, and I'm always available. Mark's a smart guy, and he uh, he'll tell you he he well, knows all you know everything. Yeah, well, I mean, my first question about that is uh, how the fuck do you put up with him. <laughs> <laughs> no no problems putting up with him he's <laughs> he's, okay, a, he's okay. a great guy to work with uh you know i don't know what your guys friendships like but <laughs> awesome guy and uh hard working and yeah he's 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 fun to work with and, and he's a great coach too so it, it makes it enjoyable to talk training together all the time so yeah sometimes i right, say some, some nice stuff about mark uh i've known mark for probably like 18 years so 18 20 years I can yep. tell you guys have a very similar uh, when when you talk, you, you sound very similar, like your dialogue and stuff. So I was like, I bet they've been friends for a while when I first uh, started talking to you, Pat. <laughs> That's the Michigan accent. We're yeah, only okay. That may be what it is. <laughs> we're only like twenty-one minutes from Canada. Pat's actually right across the river. He's looking at Canada right now. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Wow. We're close. Uh, That's super kind, man. Because you know what I. I ask a million questions and I, 
I sometimes run too fast and blow myself up, but Matt's very patient. So I, I always recommend him as a coach and I, and I look forward to, uh, to working together more. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. I, I appreciate that. And that's, you know, that's part of the athlete coach relationship. You got to ask the questions to learn and you got to run too fast sometimes to learn too. And I'm the same way, you know, I, David Roach is my coach and I, I'm sure it's the same, same thing with him, with me. So yeah, I, I get it, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, a funny story about how I actually met Matt. Um, when I, when I first moved to Boulder, I like Matt was one of the first people I met. And um, I remember waiting for him to get off work to go for a run. And I'm like, dude, this is crazy. I'm about to be running with this like world-class runner and everything like that. So he takes me up this route from like Boulder and we just went up the fire road at Mount Sanitas. And um, he was getting ready for the world mountain running championships at this point, I think. And um, we were just having like a conversational run. We were running really slow, like, especially by, by his standards. And I remember going up the fire road and my fucking legs were burning like crazy. And I was trying to act like I'm fine. And uh, I said, just for reference, Matt, like what level is this like a burning for you? And he was like, Oh, he's like, I don't know, like a one to two out of 10, maybe. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> yeah that was a, that was a fun run man i i remember uh thinking wow this guy's got a lot of potential it's gonna be really good because you had only been in boulder for a few weeks at that time so not only were you running one of the hardest runs it was at altitude and after a long day of work i think we were working the uh the tent sale at, at boulder running company yeah too and those are some like 70 hour weeks or whatever so yeah, it was like 100 degrees and we're running up this yeah. mountain i just moved to altitude i've never even been on a mountain before and we're running up this thing, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die right in front of this guy. Like, first time meeting him. That's a good way to – We were running back down, and we were cruising, and that was sweet. We went through the neighborhood, and these kids were on the corner. And they were like, oh, my God, like, are you guys pro runners? And I'm thinking – like, I'm fucking laughing in my head. But Matt's like, oh, yeah. And they're like – they were so pumped up, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is really cool because the kids by me in Detroit, they, like, throw stuff at me. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they yell at you when they drive by and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was something new to me too when I moved up to to Colorado because um, Texas is the same way. Nobody uh, nobody gives a rat's ass about about distance running. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was quite a wake up call when I got out here. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and that was a wake up call for me because I realized the level. I was like, wow, like you know, I mean, there are good runners in Michigan, and I've been able to lucky enough to run with them and stuff. But this was like this was another level of running, and I was it was just blown away. Not just by Matt, but like all the athletes out there is so crazy. I always talk about that all the time. It was a huge culture shock for me because I went from being like a medium sized fish in a little pond to like just a minnow. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, Boulder is a funny, a funny place. Like maybe next to Flagstaff, maybe one of the only places in the world where you can walk into a coffee shop and there's three Olympians and six other sub four minute milers there. You know, it's like, uh, where am I? You know, it's, <laughs> It's kind of a funny thing. So it's humbling for sure. <laughs> yeah. So what are, what are your plans after Western States? Do you know yet? Yeah. Um, kind of. So I've, uh, I've, I've written out a little bit of a schedule. I have, um, I'm going to go back out and run Sierra's and all in Switzerland. Uh, it's a 30 K mountain race and I don't know, you know, what type of shape I'll be in after Western States or how much training I'll get in between then and Sierra's and all. But, uh, I'm going to go out there and have fun with that trip. And then uh, we'll come back here and I guess get ready for a build for the North face. And that'll probably be the main focus this next year, providing I'm, I'm healthy and training goes well. Um, yeah. North face will be 
or I guess not for the next year, but for the remainder of the year until uh, um, until the 2020 season. So, yeah, other than that, um, I have things I want to do in, in 2020, but nothing um, written in stone yet. Kind of going to see how, how things play out after, after North Face. Okay. So your wife, uh, Lauren, she's, she's going to be running at Olympic trials in 2020. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, we'll be out in February, um, out in Atlanta for that. And, uh, yeah, that's really exciting. Cause I, I have the opportunity to coach her too. And so it'll be a lot of fun, um, being out there and not having a, to run in the trials this time and just getting to spectate and coach. Uh, I think I'm really looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, we'll do that. And she has a couple other races planned this fall and winter and, uh, a lot of traveling around between the two of us with, with our races and everything, but wouldn't have it any other way. So that's it. Do you, so do you feel like uh, being a coach like helps you as like a runner as well? Like, cause I know I Definitely. used to, when I used to like coach like soccer and I would mm-hmm. go and play soccer, I would, I feel like I was, sometimes I would play differently than I would coach or I would coach differently than how I played. And um, sometimes I don't know if like, if I, that made me a better player or not. Do you, do you feel like the, um, coaching helps you as a runner absolutely it's definitely made me a better runner um i think it's always uh it's always difficult like when when you're out running and you know like i'm running way too fast but then i'm always reminded like i'm always telling my athletes like we just gotta slow it down or you know or else you're gonna end up injured and why does that why is that any different for somebody like me like at the end of the day running's running and it stresses the the body and stresses my body just as much as it would anybody else i'm coaching and so um, things like that really, um, I think helped uh, in my process of, of becoming a better runner and a better coach. And then it, it seems like every day I'm just learning something new and, and not necessarily, um, from a science or physiology standpoint, a lot of it just comes from listening to the athletes and, um, kind of seeing patterns in their training and seeing how, how like athletes I've worked with for two, two and a half years, kind of seeing, okay, like, um, you know, seeing their progression and seeing what's worked for them and, and what, what hasn't, and um, kind of also looking at my own training that way and going back through my old logs and saying, oh, yeah, this must be why I'm, you know, X amount of fit right now compared to two months ago is because I did this. And, you know, like you get you nerd out on stuff like that. And uh, But right. because of that, I'm, I'm able to look more into it. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's allowed me to be a little bit of a better runner, I think. Uh, it's, you know, at least the results have started to prove it. So especially with the ultra running. Yeah, I think think for me, it's like another thing is that it make it reminds me that I have to be a role model. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, a lot of times I'm like, do as I say, not as I do. Because like right now, I'm just going through this period where you're where you're not coaching me just for a few weeks or whatever it is. And I'm just like, honestly running aimlessly and I'm running fast and I'm running slow. And I'm I'm rowing and then doing a track workout and blowing up. And I like, I'm like, Oh man, I have this burden to be like responsible. And you know, like, so I need to change the way that I'm acting, but I'm just doing it for fun. Right. But then it has a reaction when you have like a large platform. And yeah, so definitely. I don't think it's the wrong idea. Like I, I wouldn't suggest doing what I'm doing per se right now, <laughs> but yeah. I, uh, I definitely look forward to getting some structure back. That's uh, I'm, I'm missing it. And that's the importance of having a coach, I think, because even though I, I have the knowledge, right. I don't, I don't, I always second guess myself, as you know, and it's a lot yeah, better. I mean, yeah, I think uh, a lot of us, a lot of us do, and especially uh, you know, that's just the mentality of an athlete. Like you're always going to kind of 
second guess what you're doing or question what you're doing a little bit. And um, I think that's what, what helps um, with having a coach and just kind of going all in on, on a program and um, just having full trust in whatever, uh, whatever system or coaching methods is being used and go for it and see. Like, um, I think a perfect example, and I won't go too far into history and stuff here on this podcast, but perfect example is looking at, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the Pavo Nermi um, training system, but basically it, it blew up in the mid 2000s and a lot of, a lot of high school coaches were using it and it's, it's a system of every day is hard. And then there's like two days off in the week, but every day that you're running is a hard workout day. Like you're doing intervals five or six days a week, basically. And if, if you look at science and how, how physiology works, like you're not supposed to continue getting better and run very well with intervals. Like you're going to end up hurt or you're going to end up burned out. But they started having these like high school camps, these Pavo Nermi camps and coaches were buying into it. Athletes were buying into it and they were all about it. And all of a sudden you're starting to see all these high school programs have so much success because they were just buying into this program. And the program wasn't even necessarily like the right type of training for anybody, but because they bought into it and they trusted it, they were having success and running really well. And um, yeah, I think that, that, that plays a big, big role in, in how well an athlete does is just buying into the, to the program. So Definitely. Um, so I have a few performance related questions for you. I guess like, I always like to ask this, we have different people on like obstacle course racers, crossfitters, MMA fighters, whatever. Um, yeah. what does a week of training look like for Matt Daniels? Um, like currently like during ultra marathon training. Yeah. But not while you're tapering, just a normal, a standard. Yeah. Um, so I'd say my, my ultra training is a lot different than, um, when I was on the road in the track. Um, but currently right now like when i was let's just say i was in the meat of my uh, western states 100 training i was uh, i had mondays fully off so i take the day off if anything like if i'm i usually devote it fully to coaching and writing schedules and things like that but uh sometimes i, w- I would go on a hike just because i get a little bit restless um and then tuesdays are usually you know kind of just your regular mileage days uh, i usually stay a little bit flatter so let's say i'll probably do like 10 to 14 miles and then a series of quick strides uh, in the middle and at the end of that. And then Wednesdays would be workout days. So ranges from anything from tempos, hill work, um, you know, fartlek intervals, things like that. And then uh, usually I would do a double in the evening on those days. And then Thursdays would be kind of, uh, I'd go up and run in the mountains pretty easy uh i'd like to call it like my all-day pace so it was a lot of recovery but it was a little bit more mileage and vert and then in the evening i would do a shorter run of four to five miles so i'd get probably anywhere from 15 to 20 on the day and then fridays just an easy five or six miles um big recovery day with some strides usually hill strides or something and then and then saturdays and sundays i load up a lot during ultra season because um i think the back-to-back long runs a little bit more important especially for guys like me who um if you like i just needed to slow down a little bit in training and so um doubling up and loading two big long runs back to back kind of helped with that and keep me a little bit more fatigued and and from running too fast so i would do maybe like um on saturday 26 miles with a lot of a lot of vert or a tempo in the middle or something like that so it would end up being a workout and then uh sunday i'd come back and probably run anywhere from 20 to 24 miles um, and then obviously, you know, that varies week to week, but, uh, you're looking at in six days running anywhere from like 80 to 110 miles a week, depending on, 
um, what race I'm training for and everything. So yeah, that's, that's about it. And then a lot of, uh, try and do the little things as well, like roll out and eat a lot of, eat a lot of food and sleep well and that sort of thing. So, okay. What about cross training? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a big advocate of cross training. If, if, if you're injured and you have, um, or if you just simply can't like handle the impact of, of running high mileage or anything like that, I myself, I can't stand doing it. <laughs> um, so I just like, I hate it so much. I, I enjoy running so much that I just have no desire to even work on my fitness any other way, unless I'm injured or something like that and have a race to train for. But, um, right now is the first time I've done any sort of cross training in, in a while. And it's been, uh, a lot of, um, treadmill hiking. So on real high incline, just getting ready for all the hiking that'll be done during, during the race at, uh, Western States. So yeah, I'll throw the, the treadmill up on like 15% incline and just, uh, bust out 30 minutes on that pretty fast. So yeah, that's about all the cross training I'll do. <laughs> Okay. And I mean, I think conventional wisdom or, or honestly science dictates that if you want to be a better runner, then, then running uh, more should be the goal, right? right? As long as you can stay healthy. So you should yeah, be able to run exactly. as well as you can while staying healthy. Um, for everybody that doesn't always work, um, right. by and large, more volume when done right means more success as a runner, I would say. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah there's somebody like, know. yeah, I'm mentally kidding. like people like me, I, obviously, as you know, like I can't handle like a bunch of high volume all the time. Cause I just get bored. Like I love running, but I like to cross train too and lift some heavy weights. And I know that's not always probably great, but as you know, there are people out there that do that. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it, it goes back to everything. This is why I individualize all, all my training with my coaching. Um, every single athlete is different. Like, I mean, you could put a thousand people in, in front of me and, and, everybody's training would have variances and differences just because of of how that person responds to certain stimulus and and things like that you know i i have a couple of masters runners that i coach and um they respond really well to cross training three days a week and then running um running the other days and and two of those days being high intensity so realistically they're only they only have like one easy aerobic longer running day you know and and if you look at science you should have more of those long easy aerobic days but these guys um, respond really well to that. And so I think it, it's really, you know, that's where it's really important to kind of look at the individual. And, um, you know, you come from a, a very strength-based and explosive background being being a soccer player. And then you had your, your bout of um, lifting and bodybuilding and that sort of thing. And so um, I think incorporating that's only going to help, help your running. So And you have to look at that from a hormonal standpoint too. I mean, um, you know, a lot of like, if you just stopped lifting like, like you did when you were in Colorado and, just ran all the time probably would feel pretty terrible 90% of the time just because um, from a hormonal, hormonal standpoint you're used to um, having your testosterone levels raised by lifting and and doing more explosive stuff in the gym and things like that so yeah there's there's a lot of variances for sure yeah I think that's a that's a great point and the next question um, would be what's what's your diet like and, and what do you think about you know restricted diets and things like that yeah, I'm not a big fan of um of restrictive diets or any sort of um you know I any sort of like fad diet I I'm, I try and keep my athletes away from um like I you know as long as you're eating a pretty whole balanced uh, diet you know I'm, if you if you're a vegetarian or vegan that's fine there's so many options these days and so many ways uh, you can have a healthy diet and, and um 
and run well and perform well off of that. But uh, I think where you start getting into gray areas is when uh, you start like having years and years of being on like a, a keto diet or something like that. And um, it can really mess up, uh, mess up the system for if you're on something like that for too long. And so I always try and recommend a, a full diet myself. It's uh, I, I like to eat just about everything, man. Like from Taco Bell and five guys to like gourmet meals. I, I like it all. So <laughs> for me, it's more about just getting the calories in and, and uh, eating to, to fuel my running and for ultra running, that's a lot of food. So <laughs> Yeah, I think like Pat and I both agree on this without a doubt. I think that any kind of fad diet, we're not we're not down with that. I think it's a, mm-hmm. just a terrible idea. Um, I just like I think eating everything is great. Just balance, you know. Yeah, yeah. I actually had a I had a lady at work. She's like, I've been thinking about going on the the keto diet. What What do you think? I was like, well, does how much time do you have? I got a lot of opinions on it. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. We could we could have a whole another podcast on that probably. Um, and and along with four other different diets, you know, I mean, there's so many things out there, but, uh, to perform your best and, and be, be your best at a high level. Uh, I think it's important to kind of just, yeah, eat, eat, um, eat the food pyramid, right? Like you can have candy and sugar, but you also need to eat plenty of protein and fruits and vegetables as well. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Matt, uh, you first and then Pat, what, if you could only drink one beer for the rest of your life, what would the beer be? Mm. Um, I'll go with the Shiner Bach, good old Texas beer. Texas, all right. <laughs> Me, I'm gonna do um, Founders All Day IPA. Oh, oh man, I was, I was uh, for me. I think I'm going with Founders Breakfast Stout, even in the summer. I don't care. Oh wow! Yeah, that good. All Plus, right, I'm, yeah, that's. <laughs> Some solid so, choices well, I mean, there. It's just a proven. This is a proven fact that Michigan beer is the best in like probably the world. So, <laughs> yeah. the number one rated beer in the world is Kentucky Breakfast Stout. It's just the breakfast stout I just mentioned, but it's aged in a bourbon barrel in a car- in a in a cave under Grand Rapids. I oh, mean, it does- that sounds good. I'm all about my stout, so that sounds great. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to send you one. They're like really rare and hard to get and expensive, but I have 2017, 18, 19. I have full sets. I'll I'll send you one. Awesome. Yeah, please do. That'd be great. <laughs> All right, cool. So, so Matt, uh, one last thing you want to take any time to plug your sponsors here with a shameless uh, sponsor plug. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Um, so nutrition sponsors, uh, is Unived. That's where I get all my, uh, my fun goos and drink mixes and things like that. It's a company based out of India and they're starting to blow up here in the, in the U S as well. So be on the lookout for them. And then, um, Little Tree Labs is the CBD company, uh, CBD oil and rub that I use. And um, then, of course, Nike Trail Running, man. So I keep it simple. Just three solid, solid uh, sponsors. They're, they're awesome. Yep. Three very good sponsors there. I know, I know how much you love Nike, and I was so excited when you got on the team there. And now you're delivering. Yeah. Great I job. It. I just want to thank you for coming on here. I think I'm all good. Pat, you have anything else for him? No, man. Yeah, I just really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you guys. Had a good time. Yeah, we can't wait to see how you do at Western States. We're everywhere. We know you're going to kill it at Western States. We can't wait to see the results. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. All right. Well, have a good one. See ya. Everyone, thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Finding Strong Podcast. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Pat X Gates. 
And you can find me at Bottenhorn Running, at run underscore strong underscore coaching, and on my website, www.markbottenhorn.com. So going forward, we're going to try to drop new content every Friday. And if you like it, please subscribe, share it, talk about it, anything. But above all else, please rate it on iTunes. We are live on iTunes now, and your rating means the world to us. Until next time, stay strong.